welcome. Um, for anybody who's watching, Samantha is one of my best friends for a super long time and we've spent a lot of time together and gone through a lot and talked about a lot and I know that she has a lot of amazing stuff to share and it totally inspires me because I'm doing this new thing of like introducing people I know and sharing their like expertise with anyone who's interested so I'm really excited to have her on here and um, Samantha can you tell us a little bit about yourself just in case anybody wants to know what kind of things you've been up to. Uh, where to begin? Um, I currently live in Muir Beach in California, so I'm near San Francisco. Um, the last year, I've actually been working at a local coffee shop. Um, I've been building an aerial acrobatics business. I have been, um, I've been doing a lot of of, of internal work as well so that's been taking up some of my energy but um what what else would you like to know well you also have a degree in what is your what is your degree in again right so <laughs> I have a degree in horticulture so um I know a lot about plants I have a, a, a professional relationship with plants I I used to volunteer um, and I had a, an actual job in a tomato genetic research center <laughs> in the greenhouse, out in the fields. It was it was an interesting job. Um, later on, I ended up getting involved in the cannabis growing industry for a while. Um, I have an interest in psychology. I have an interest in animal behavior. I have interest in like organizing um events especially for um volunteer projects like one of my other friends our friend Aaron we did a a project called the Yogi Beach Cleanup where we donated free yoga in exchange for you know an organized beach cleanup so and you also uh, volunteer at the Marine Mammal Center right yeah <laughs> so i also volunteer at the Marine Mammal Center doing animal care and um I curate um for the animals on the weekends so yeah it's a an interesting life I lead yeah driven definitely. a lot by you know passion and just feeling like I can do whatever I, I want to do yeah and okay. you've also taken a recent interest in Hinduism too right which is relevant to my channel because I always talk about those types of ideas and stuff so yeah. that's been really cool for me too um and yeah Samantha really like lives a really cool life and anyone's really lucky to know her honestly because she totally like lives by her own rules and it's really cool so <laughs> one of her own cool practices is the I Ching right and um yeah. That's something that I have watched her using consistently, and I wanted her to share her story about it. Um, and if you don't know what that is, maybe, Samantha, you can tell us. What is the I Ching? Yeah, so the I Ching is an ancient uh, divination method that is, like, one of the oldest classics in 
in Chinese literature that has has really remained popular today. Um, I use it um, not every day. I should. I, I feel like I should be using it every day, but um, it's something that is representative of of time. Like you can imagine how we have um, a a periodic table of elements for matter, right? Um, we have the I Ching, which is made up of 64 hexagrams. I don't really ha know of any other way than to show you um, a diagram of that in, in this book. So I don't know how clearly you can see, but around that center yin-yang, you can see these different sets of lines, right? So there are 64 combinations um, all of which you can um, consult with the universe. And um, yeah, let's go a little bit deeper. So um, it's basically like kind of like what I would consider like a less popular in the West version of like tarot or um, I don't know what other, like people throw like casting sticks. It's like, it's a way to like gain information about a situation it's not really like a yes or no type of oracle though right yeah it's not something you you'll ask for a yes or no question um you you you're more gonna be you're gonna be doing is you can i like to roll coins you can go online and you can get a randomly um drawn hexagram which is the six lines which are broken or solid um and it'll build from the from the bottom up a, a seemingly random um, symbol that is in resonance with whatever you're 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 curious about. So if you've ever yeah pulled a card um, from a tarot deck or um, you've even ever had your fortune told by someone. Um, it's the same thing. It's an oracle for you to interact with, and um, I find I find it to be eerie at times. <laughs> um, I find it to, especially when I first started out, um, when I was doubtful of this type of thing. It was so uh, eerie that I could not resist going deeper into it, it drew me in, in a way where I had to go deeper and deeper until it became a more regular part of what I was doing. Yeah. So what do you think, like, um, I didn't really outline this question in advance, but what would you say to someone who's, like, skeptical or who's, like, who would think that maybe this isn't real? Because I tend to be the kind of person that's, like, yes, of course, this is all real, like, I almost don't question enough, because I'm, like, I just see that, you know, like, to me, there's no reason why something like this wouldn't be real, because I can see, like, the flow of the universe, it, like, it works together, so, but, like, what would you say to somebody, or what's your take on, like, is this real, or is it just, like, hocus pocus, like, bullshit? Well, I, I mean, I, what I would say to people um, 
that don't necessarily believe it or they're rejecting it or, you know, they have their own sets of pre-structured beliefs is much like astrology or things that, that people criticize often. Um, even if you take it, if you were to just flip to a random page in any I Ching interpretation, it's still going to be great advice for you. It's still going to give you insight that is going to be relevant. But if you believe in the magic of what it's what it really is, that's when you start to find how can it be so relevant and so specific to what I'm I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. Um, so just being open and when I started, I was actually introduced to it from my ex-boyfriend, Brandon, um, at that time, I was super skeptical of it. And he was not forceful, but he definitely pushed pushed me to, to give it a try. And I was resistant. And slowly but surely, I, I opened myself up to it. And it is a process. I'm... You know, nowadays I'll get consultations with the universe and the I Ching that are, I'll, I'll receive the same answer or the same hexagram, but it will, it will be a totally different experience because it is an oracle. It is responding to your current situation, which is always changing, which is why, I mean, I Ching means the book of changes, the book of time, like it's responding to yeah. your life and the universe together all at once. Right. So, and I have, I have read, and I think I've talked about a similar thing um, in another book called The Inner Guide Meditation, and that's a great book. Um, but in the introduction, like the introduction to the book that you just held up is one of my favorite introductions ever. Um, I don't remember exactly what it says, but when I read it, I remember thinking, like, it was very interesting and how they talk about the sage, which is, like, the, that's what they call, like, the oracle, right? It's, like, it's, like, what you're interacting with, which is really probably yourself. Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But in this book, The Inner Guide Meditation, they talk about how, um how like all these cool elements like astrology divination psychology meditation like they all they all are not really supposed to be used independently and of course that's like an opinion but um I think it was Carl Jung they were quoting in that introduction where they said that like all these things are supposed to be used in conjunction and like the um divination or they talk about tarot there they say astrology is like, you know, a physical way for you to see your own psychology. And then the oracles or forms of divination is like a physical way for you to interact with the universe in a way that you question less, in a way that's like more tangible to you. So it's like, you know, if there, if you took all the archetypes in the universe and you had to write them down or split them up and divide them in some sort of way so that it wasn't just one mass you would put them into these little pieces and then when you're playing this game with yourself looking for guidance or whatever it's going to reflect whichever one is the most relevant to you at that time so maybe you're working on the same type of 
energy or maybe you ride the same type of energy, which is why a lot of people say, you know, they always get the same card with Oracle decks or whatever. So yeah. I don't know. That was a tangent, but it makes sense to me. <laughs> um, anyways, okay, so let's see. What else? Um, have there been any, like, really pivotal times in your life where you used the I Ching or where it helped you make, like, a really big decision that you can still remember today? Or, like, have you ever gotten advice that was, like, so spot on that it just, like, changed your life or, um, helped you, helped you in, like, such a tough time and you actually took the advice and, like, changed something? I... To be honest, I have a, a very um, gradual approach in applying what I learn, mm-hmm. and the stuff that I'm I'm taking away is is a slow process. Um, it's never anything that I'm I'm using to make major life decisions. I'm using it more for those times when I'm feeling anxiety or I'm feeling um, indecision or I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling a little lost or I'm feeling, um, upset. It's the times when, you know, I'm, I'm, I need to look inward and I need to feel, um, I need to feel reassured and I need to feel guided from an inner source versus an outer source. Mm -hmm. And if you find, the right interpretations because this is an ancient text um you're you're gonna find um different interpretations that speak to you Mm -hmm. um the reason I like the one that I was holding up earlier was the same reason that you were talking about um just a second ago was it it integrates psychology um it integrates spirituality it's an it speaks in pretty general terms it's it's not um using um specific words like god or you know that are gonna make you feel so um boxed in um so when i go through my book and i'm i'm looking at it you know it's got highlighted stuff <laughs> Lately, I've been writing little dates next to certain things so that I can go back and and I'll remember. Like, I will remember, like, what question I was asking and how that information was relevant to me at the time. And mm-hmm. to me, it, it gauges and it almost provides a journal in itself just in the doing that about how much how much it's really helped. And that is reinforcing for me. Yeah. Um, that's a little thing I would encourage everyone to do also, just to plug my own habit here. Like, whenever I read a book, every time I pick up to read a book, whenever I remember, I always, like, put the date and the time and where I'm at, like, right next to where I'm starting to read, because I think it's so interesting, because I tend to reread stuff a lot, and, like, you know, over the years, And, like, I'll know there was something good in a book, and I'll go back and read it. And it's, like, so interesting to see, like, when was the last time I read this? And it, like, brings back the whole current. I don't know. It's so interesting. Um, Okay, let's see. Also, I think I looked it up before and saw how many potential outcomes there are of the I Ching with the changing lines. And I think it was something, like, 
4,300 or like 4,900 possible outcomes, which is like crazy because, I mean, I guess with Tarot, you also could get a lot of numbers. Um, But I just think that's so amazing when you say like you're getting the same answers over and over or like, you know, you you get something that just feels familiar or whatever and it's it's just yeah. so interesting it's like beyond random chance well, even, even within like the, the 64 main hexagrams mm-hmm. is is really really shocking at times for me when I do get this what you're with what you're talking about receiving the same mm-hmm. hexagram especially I mean I remember when I first started really relying heavy on it I I would ask the same question, but I was in such a state of, of I don't know, anxiety at the time and, and being outside of myself that I would ask the same question without remembering that I had asked it maybe a week yeah. or two earlier. And then I would receive the same exact mm-hmm. answer and I'd be like, okay, um, the fact that I'm getting this again and it's reminding me that I've already asked this question and that I'm obviously not soaking in the information enough, yeah. that was another one of those little reinforcers for me to keep to keep going. Yeah, and like, keep learning. You can't really deny... Yeah. You can't really deny those odds. Right. For too long. Well, and also, I, I'm sure I've told you this, but when... Samantha actually bought me that book, and since it has left my hands and I would like to have it back at some point, but um, (laughs) that's a different story. Um, But anyways, um, that's part of what I loved about the introduction was how it talks about the sage and how, I specifically remember, and I could be wrong, but in my mind, I remember that the introduction talks about how if you're asking the same question trying to get a different answer or if you're not asking clearly or if you're asking for the wrong reasons or you're not being authentic and you're not going to take the advice like this is the same thing that even Swamiji says like if he knows you're not going to take the advice he'll just give you like some random answer like um and like it says in that introduction that like the sage will kind of like pull your leg or kind of like kind of like jerk you around and show you the space that you're coming from like if you're yeah, not being it's authentic not punish- the, the thing to know about that is it's like it's not a punishment it's something that you have control over ending they, mm-hmm. the way that the interpretation i i love um talks about it is they say that you create a fate for yourself it's not the universe punishing you. It's mm-hmm. the universe trying to tell you, like, okay, you made that decision and you took that path. Like, this is what's go- this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Because of that, it's your own creation. The second that you you are conscious and change that pattern is when you're going to stop cr- creating that unwanted fate for yourself and take a different path. So. Um, it's like a rapid, detailed reflection, like, immediately of whatever, like, current or vibration or pattern you're, like, bringing up in your, like, yeah. furnace at that moment or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting. So even yeah. maybe, like, if you're feeling a certain way about a situation and you do a reading or you flip open the book 
and and then you try again and you feel differently about the same situation or change the way that you're relating with the situation and then open it again you might see like which one is more the way you should go you know I'm kind of seeing this in some new light now um okay so I feel like this is really amazing but basically the breakdown is like you said there's 64 main hexagrams which would be kind of like the major arcana and then there's the changing lines which are those the same number for each one or are those varying um I'm a little unclear what you mean like is there the same number of changing lines for each um main hexagram yeah so you could essentially get one changing line in a, in a hexagram. You could get two, you could get three, you could get four, you could get five, you could mm-hmm. get six. So each one of those um, lines that forms each of the two hexagrams, uh, which form the hexagram, okay. um, could be any combination of one and six changing lines. Okay. So... Um, so there's six possible changing lines for each line in the hexagram, right? Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so, let's see. And you also, like she mentioned, you use coins generally, like three coins, right? So. I think <clears throat> the, the coins is a, is a little bit more straightforward. Um, and I, I don't tend to carry around 50 Yarrow sticks. <laughs> One of the original ways that these consultations used to go down. And the, the process of doing the sticks has a fair amount of steps as well. Um, <laughs> so I have done it. I've actually done it at the, the Wu Wei Tea House. Okay. It, it was pretty fun. Um, it actually inspired me to buy... This version of the book, which uh-huh. teaches you how to do it. Which is written by Wu Wei, right? Yeah. Because we asked them, we were at that tea house, and we asked them if it was named after that, and that girl was like, I don't know, right? No, she didn't know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so basically, you take the coins, and you roll them or throw them six times, and each time you throw them, you're recording what the results are, right? So can exactly. you can you tell so us what the results? When you're rolling three coins, you're going to get a certain combination of heads and tails. So with that, you're going to do some basic math. Each side of a coin represents either an even or odd two or three. So once you roll the coins six times to create a combination of sums, you're going to have drawn uh, a hexagram. And if you get, the way I see it, I don't know if this is an official way of looking at it, but the way that I interpret it, when I'm rolling um, the coins and I get three heads or three tails, that's that's what's going to cause you to have a changing line. Mm-hmm. And when you get a changing line, you're essentially getting more information mm-hmm. um on top of the hexagram that you're building you're you're basically getting information from another hexagram that seems relevant to your situation okay. as well 
So it's kind of so, like the highlighted, bolded key points for you, or like the yeah. the the special essence points. Yeah, exactly. Like for example, lately I've been asking the same question a lot, or a, a very similar version of a question, <laughs> um, and I do receive the same hexagram. But as I am approaching the situation with a different perspective each and every day because I'm I'm modifying my behaviors as much as I can in regards to the situation. I'm receiving different changing lines or sometimes I'll receive none at all, but I'll still be receiving that same hexagram. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I get it. So how and, do you, oops, sorry, go ahead. No, no, So how do you formulate a question? Because like we said, it's not like a yes or no that you're looking for. So like, how do you ask or, or do you tend to just like feel a situation and then start rolling? Or what's your, do you have like a certain way that you ask? Because I know that that is important to some people with Tarot at least. Yeah, I definitely, before I even get started with consulting the I Ching, I tend to spend about five to ten minutes just centering myself so that I can clear intrinsic space for this consultation to be um, approached by the sage with nothing in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm what I the, the phrases that I find myself relying on a lot are how do I move what do I need to know when I move forward with this situation or what information is going to help me um what what do I need to know about this this and that or um in regards to the situation what would be helpful it's it's never um it's never asked with a fixed answer in mind. And while you're rolling the coins, you can really start to, to zero in on, on that in itself. It's, am I wanting a particular answer? Like, am I leaning? Because really the, the purpose of this is to open yourself to any possible response. Mm-hmm. that maybe you don't want to hear maybe one that you never would have even thought of yeah um, that's always watching from any particular outcome is another major part of it I'd right say. and that's why you should be I mean not to make this too heavy and serious but you should be like open and willing to receive the answer if you're taking the time to ask and putting yourself through this you know um, you're gonna get more out of it anyways it's just think of it think of it in a positive way where it's like yeah, yeah if I'm gonna get the most out of this how like why why wouldn't I want to be open to infinite possibilities and that's just gonna shine awareness on the fact that most likely when you start asking these questions if you're not a, a perfect which I don't know how many of you guys are out there, but uh, if you aren't a perfect person, I mean, I I still find myself asking a question with in the back of my mind of particular outcome wanted. So um, silencing that and 
and just reframing your perspective is is pretty big. And also I think it's important to say that these answers and this book is so like it can be so deep and it can also be so ambiguous in my opinion. I've I've had times where I'm like what is even going on here like you know to me personally but the answers are more like small essays like they're not really they're not like very short and concise generally right like at least in that one white book so in the white book it's it can be pretty dense yeah um, I find because it is written from the perspective of spirituality through the lens of psychology as well so um i'll show you guys the cover of it again it's written by um carol k anthony and hannah moog i believe that's how you pronounce it um it's called the eching the oracle of the cosmic way um you can see it's i don't know a pretty thick book it's got like five six hundred pages I'll include the links wherever I can to that book and whatever else she mentions. Yeah. Um, But there are, I have a lot of recommendations for less dense. Sure. Equally, uh, equally valuable. Like there's a, um, there are two websites that I use pretty heavily that are free and they're an, there are two different people's interpretations of the same ancient text, mm-hmm. um, which I have links that I can send you as well. Cool. Um, there, those are ones I like to use if I don't have my book with me, if I'm on the go. Um, like I said, they're free. And then there are some other books that I can recommend as well. Like this one was the one I found at the tea house that I, I like not quite as much as the white one. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's pretty good as well. So all this might sound kind of intimidating, but who do you think this type of practice is for? Like, it's really for, it could be for anyone. Like, you don't have to feel overwhelmed. You could just start to dive in. And and um, I, think, I think everyone could get something out of it, whoever wants to or is curious to try. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so... Because it's it's an oracle and it's kind of the way I see it, it's it's alive, it's growing, it's changing with you. Um, if you are looking for something to um, give you some extra guidance, um, if you're looking for ways to Im- improve your your um, conviction with your inner inner thoughts, um, carrying out your actions, um, in a more, um, thoughtful way. I, I think this would be for them. Um, if, if you're fascinated with, um, deprogramming ego, um, that's definitely something (laughs) that I would, (laughs) I would recommend for this person. Mm -hmm. Um, So, kind of getting closer to um, everyday life, I guess. So, you always talk to me about, like, everything is an oracle. And I 
feel that especially I like I especially like it when you give me that reminder or I think of you when something happens or you know I've gotten into this space um where you know it really feels like everyone talking to me is like giving me the divine messages and like you know it's like the universe is constantly communicating with me through anything like even on this channel I've talked about how the random stations on my scan when I turn on the scan button on my radio is like talking to me about every situation in my life and like just like how the world around you becomes this oracle and I was wondering if you could share a little bit about your experience with that or has the I Ching influenced that or I mean what do you have to say about that whole situation yeah the I Ching is is definitely my original inspiration for having that realization mm -hmm. um the universe is coordinating a point of view through anybody who's willing to interact with it and we're all interacting with it regardless of whether we're you know, fully conscious of it or not conscious of it at all. Um, so when I started to realize that, A, there were thousands of translations of this text, um, all based on each person's well, interpretation of the original text, when you, when you translate it into English, is, is generally, like, no more than two or three basic sentences. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that can turn into a book that's got interpretations of five or 600 pages, or it can have, um, like, you'll see some of the web pages that I'll send you the links to. I mean, there may be, like, a page. You'll start to see that each person's interpretation is contributing to that, that aliveness. Mm -hmm. And then when we're taking that information um, in relation to how it's it's congruous to what we're going through or what we're concerned with and and integrating it into our own evolution that is how it becomes an oracle for everything and when you look at life that way it's the same thing like it's not about whether somebody's um bad or good or or dark or light it's like everything is is for you to to discern how are you going to take that information and build your reality from it mm -hmm. so that's how I see it as being alive yeah <laughs> that's how I see it being an oracle for everything yeah. um, and it's like every moment you have the choice to like listen and be coherent to like the communication and the guidance or to tune it out it's like that's your free will right exactly. <laughs> um um, okay, let's see. Do you want to do, like, a little demo? Do you think that would be relevant right now? Or I tried to ask if anyone had questions, but I didn't really get any scenarios um, from anyone. So I don't know if you maybe want to do a reading that will live on forever in the internet realm for whoever watches this video. Um... <laughs> Or is it going to be too personal? <laughs> no. Um, right now, I am... I am going through a major transition in a lot of different areas of my life. With my home, 
with an, a roommate, with a guy, with a job, like pretty much all the major things in my life <laughs> are, are changing. Um, I'm going from, you know, working at this cafe to being responsible for my own, my own bills without a, a regular job. And I think a lot of my stress and a lot of my worry these days comes from trusting that process of transition to relying on my own um, hustle, so to speak. Um, so I can definitely um, ask a question as if I were to be doing this consultation by myself. Uh, my favorite centering techniques, which are might to a lot of the people listening it seem pretty basic, um, but I'm going to share them with you anyways because sometimes we have to be reminded to breathe and drink water no matter how, <laughs> no matter where we're at, you know? Like, um, this is the same thing. Um, let me find it here. Um, I use this, and I find different days I have to focus on different ones, but... The first step of centering yourself the way that this book recommends is step one, suspending your disbelief. When you're going to ask the question, um, it says, this means saying no to the yes, but dot, dot, dot thoughts of doubt that crowd out the sage. If these thoughts appear in meditation as figures, ask the helpers to kill them. Um, if that language is confusing to you guys, um, it imagine like much like how the way I imagine it, um, like in Hinduism, when you think about all the different gods and goddesses, um, I the way that we associate certain um, characteristics to each, um, each helper is this, in this book's language the same way. Um, you can imagine there's a helper of transformation. There's a helper for money. There's a helper for um, speaking your truth. There's literally a helper for everything. Mm -hmm. um, so step two, you're going to load things onto the wagon of the helper of transformation. Um, so these things that are going to crowd out your inner space, are are gonna come up especially when you start to drift off or whatever you're going to know that there's a, a wagon that you can load these things onto and I'm gonna list some of them here the first one is self images such as being the rescuer of others or being a nice person or being a spiritual person or um, just like basically how you pigeonhole yourself into a certain um, set of ways you think you're supposed to act with the way you're supposed to be perceived. So load that onto the the wagon and just let it go. Let it be transformed. Um, criticizing and analyzing negative events that are going on. We tend to do this a lot, um, a lot more than we realize. <laughs> Long after they're not even relevant anymore or long after it's not even going to make a difference how you analyze it or how you're criticizing it or yourself. Um, this is an interesting one. 
loading onto that wagon negative and positive emotions, such as worry, anger, desire, vindictiveness, hate, grief, melancholy, compassion, love, wanting, sadness. So um, I think this one is interesting because in this book, it talks a lot about the value of your emotions, but using your emotions in um, in harmony with your common sense as well, like your five senses, your eyes, your ears, your all of those, in combination with your sense of um, your sense of your intuition, the senses that we don't necessarily hear so much about, like your sense of um, of not trusting somebody. And then with these emotions, if we can, like we were talking about earlier, integrate everything that we've got, not just letting our emotions take the best of us. So transforming that, letting it go. Um, Fear that by doing and feeling these things that you might be guilty. So guilt is, for me, and uh, probably a few of us out there as well, something that um, can get the best of me, especially uh, if it's something I don't address right right as it's going down. Um, it, it can eat me away. Even if I think I forget about it, it's still there. Um, so let that go. Let that go. Um, same thing with others. You don't want to blame others. You don't want to make other people feel guilty. You don't um, want to do it to yourself. Letting that go. Um, all ambition and the image of striving towards some degree of perfection or higher status. Um, the idea that freeing yourself is hard work. That freeing your true self is hard work or requiring an ascetic practice. Mm. Um, That one's really interesting. Um, Preconceived ideas about how to meditate. Um, This book is really big on not not having a particular way. Like you can, it doesn't have to be a guided meditation. It doesn't have to be sitting cross-legged on the ground. It doesn't have to be laying down, standing. It's whatever works for you. So that's, that's a nice freeing thought for a lot of people out there I think Mm -hmm. um and then the last one it talks about is seeing your body in a degraded way um which I until I like brought real attention to that in in centering myself I didn't used to think I did and I definitely um once I shined a little light on it I was like (laughs) oh yeah, I could definitely be a little nicer to my body. So those are just a few things that it recommends, which I really like. So that's pretty, that's like pretty in-depth and um, well, well planned out. Yeah, I like, I like it a lot. So once you, um, once you get there then your next step is to like so then the next step is to once you've spent some time clearing out the space 
then you can start to ask the question. Um, I like to do this with as much precision yeah. in, in my language and in the way I ask the question. Like, I don't, it's tempting. I find myself getting carried away too fast in asking a very unclear question because I'm, I'm in my head. I'm generally not doing this out loud and I, I understand my thoughts even when they're incomplete if you know what I mean if that makes sense um, I'll make sure to complete a very thoughtful very clear question in my head like let's say um, I'm gonna consult about my my my, the outcome, I'm curious about how I can deal with the financial um, instability and unpredictability that is to come without being able to rely on a, a steady yet meager income from a cafe um, and rely on my own um, hustle to take care of my needs so I'll keep that question almost on repeat in my head while I roll the coins I like to close my eyes I like to roll them around and um, whatever you do to connect with the universe whatever when you're meditating it's the same thing I imagine um, being connected from beneath from above with everything um, around me with out into space I, I go all sorts of places when I'm doing this um, so I'll do that and I don't know if um, maybe I should do it right here on my computer can you see right there um, like if I really turn, does that show up um, no? not really okay um, well let me roll them as if I were doing this sure um, on a desk or something well, I'll just show you so I, I got two tails and a heads. So this is one of the coins that Kelsey gave me. Yay. One. There's one of the tails. So I'm going to um, add the other ones. I got a heads and a penny. Um, and I got another tails with another coin that I've had for many years now from Kelsey. So I have two tails and one heads so that's each tails is going to be two points I don't want to say points it's not a game <laughs> um, but the heads is going to be three so that's two plus two plus three and that's going to form the first line on the bottom we're going to build it from the bottom up so whenever you get an even number you're going to draw a line with a uh, like a broken spot through it but since we got 2 plus 2 plus 3 we actually have um, 7 so that's going to be an odd and that's going to give us a solid line for our bottom of the hexagram and I'll just kind of quickly go through the next one so that we can get through we got tails 2, 3 that's eight. I'm going to show you guys 
what a changing line would look like, um, just for the sake of this demo. Um, if we were to get, let's say I got three heads, right? So we've got one, two, three. That would equate to nine. So we've got three plus three plus three, which would give us a solid line. Some people will notate the changing line with a little dot next to it, or they'll put an X where the broken line would be. Um, I like to do the dot. Wait one more again. I got two, two, and two. Oh, cool. Apparently the universe wanted us to see another changing line, but with the broken. So it was two plus two plus two, which means we got two, um, we got another two, another tails, and then the last one, right? So now I'm going to roll two more times to get the last of the hexagram, three, five, seven. Hit one more. Two, two, and three. Okay, so seven again. So now that we've created the hexagram, which looks like this. So it's going from the bottom up, like she said. So, so she drew the we bottom went, line first. Went from the bottom up. So this is one of the solid lines. Here's one of the broken ones. And here I've this is when we got the all heads, three plus three plus three. I drew the little dot. Fourth line was when we had all tails. So we have two plus two plus two. There's the little dot. And the last two on the top, just plain solid lines. So those were both odd, um, odd numbers. Exactly. So when you are rolling yeah. um, an odd, you're going to have a solid line. Right. When you do even, broken. Cool. So then you look up on that chart, right? The two different yeah. sets. So here's a look. Most books and most websites will have this chart available for you to look at. Mm -hmm. um, so it breaks them up into the, the two sets of three lines. Yeah, so each of these trigrams is on each of the um, little sets here. It's like a multiplication so, table. What's that? It's like a multiplication table. Like, you find both and then go exactly. to the middle. Yeah, so like I was saying <laughs> earlier, um, much like we have an element, an element oh, periodic table, table. periodic table, um, <clears> this <throat> is like... <clears throat> the way that a certain group of people that were probably <laughs> really, really deeply connected in meditation uh, and really interested in the units of time, this is what they came up with, um, is this part. So um, in, I'm going to look this up real quick. Um, we have for the lower trigram uh, a solid broken and then another solid and then on the top we had a broken a solid and another solid so finding that we have number 37 I'm going to go to the corresponding page so can you tell like how does this how does it work 
how does it relate to units of time? Like you said, like, how is it like the, the story of all the hexagrams from beginning to end is like us, some type of like cycle of gestation or like life and death or like, how does it relate to cycles of time, I guess? Um, so when, when we were trying to, not we, when these ancient Chinese were trying to find the elements that which shaped time, they, they looked at, um, the elements that, that were around them generally revolving around nature, Mm -hmm. um, and they formulated these um, different attributes based on these, these shapes that were coming to them, mm-hmm. which coincidentally, um, there are 64 of these in the, um, in the set of hexagrams. And we also have 64 um, pieces in our, in our DNA. So the way that we're relating to these um, these hexagrams is the same way that our DNA is responding to changes, right? So, um, but the the trigrams don't they relate to like like you said elements of nature, like mountain or like whatever, yeah. whichever like what is thirty seven called? Um, they have like a name, right? Yeah, let's see. So 37 is... Thirty-seven. This is really interesting because I actually got this this one last night when I was asking about the same question. <laughs> um, and it was talking about... So this one says the family or the group. Um... It says, this hexagram indicates an influence now or soon to come in life that has to do with a family or group of which you are a part. So if I were to break this apart and look at the elements that you're asking about, let's find some information there. So... So in a way, it's like, it's almost consoling you, like, like your, like this family element is coming up for you. It's kind of like a support thing around this situation, right? So that's actually really nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, I guess if you're throwing all judgment out and all um, emotions and everything, it's kind of like just the facts. (laughs) Which yeah. is also so. It's it's funny because I mean, you'll think about the, how these shapes are pretty basic. Kind of even how um, I think like the I could be kind of I don't know, not being very accurate with my terminology here, but I think in terms of like computer science, even there's there are only two basic symbols, right? There's like. It's like um, one and zero. zero and a one or something. Mm-hmm. 
um, it's the same thing with these lines. Like there's a broken line and there's a there's a, a solid line, and in in creating these shapes from very basic units, so to speak, you can interpret them um, like okay, three three solid lines. What does that make you feel elementally versus the three broken lines? It's like a re- the three broken lines are receptive. Um, mm-hmm. They might be weaker because there's there's um, you know a line going right through the middle. Um, and then let's imagine here. Let's see, I don't know if I'm zoomed in right perfectly. Um, can you see the, there's yes, a solid line on the bottom and then yeah. two broken on top. Mm-hmm. Um, that one has elements of thunder, the force that excites to action, the oldest sun, development, forceful, the motion is upward. Mm. So, um, in a yeah. way it's kind of like Chinese letters too which are like super symbolic even in the way that they're written I don't know these symbols are I actually was reading something last night about how the Chinese symbol language is they even with with each symbol it might have many different meanings Mm -hmm. and a lot of times the only way to tell the the real meaning of of what that symbol represents is, is only through the context of which, which it's being used. And it's the same thing exactly like how this would be related to as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So what about our changing lines or your changing lines that you just got? So you said the general meaning was about like community and family, right? Yeah. So the changing lines that we've got, let me bring it back up for reference. Um, You can see we got number three and number four. So from the bottom up, three and four. So I would have read the entire main text of the hexagram, and then I would skip to the third line, because that's the first one. Mm -hmm. It said, I have dealt so severely with a person or persons in your family or group that your action may lead to danger. You will feel regret or remorse, but good fortune will come. In this situation, it's better course to overreact than to be too permissive. Mm -hmm. There is an indication that some members are being lazy or irresponsible. If you permit such behavior to continue, negative consequences will result. Hmm. Discipline is always essential if a family or group is to remain cohesive and engaged in the concerted effort needed to reach the goals that have been set. So, as you can see from that little excerpt, I mean, between, I mean, I probably only have like two two friends that I can trust to give me advice that's that straightforward and that helpful you being one Kelsey <laughs> Yay. Um, otherwise like I mean may- maybe I just needed to, to to um have I don't know better people around me or something but I I just find that 
this to get that kind of advice in situations where I'm feeling you know doubtful of myself or whatever it's it's really it's really valuable yeah well in a way too like I don't know what I was hearing is like it's kind of like warning or advising you to not be too permissive of like people I don't know like walking all over you and I do feel like you're like you said you're like in this sensitive transform transformative time and it's like you know anybody or anything that's like getting in the way of you doing what's best for you it's like that can't be tolerated right now you know like yeah oh yeah and I have a lot of blow up um incidents with people which I'm usually a very very passive person um and not to the point where um I used to feel it was parasitic to to a degree um although what I did did realize after having these blow-ups was that it it was building pressure over time and it was the passivity wasn't selective. It was pretty, it was like an attitude I started to adopt um, with everything. You know, I was dealing with a roommate that um, I had to be a certain level of disengaged, which led me to be disengaged in my work, in my relationship that I was being passive to as well. Um, which is why that, that advice is, is reinforcing to hear because I did in those, those three (laughs) fields, I did blow up. I, I, I gave my two weeks of my job. I kicked my roommate out. I dumped the guy, um, all in pretty, um, explosive ways that I definitely questioned. And, um, but in the end, like, I feel a lot more free. Yeah, and I think that's all about, like, like you said, you know, like, putting the emotions in the the wheelbarrow, like, or in the wagon or whatever, like, you know, even saying, like, I used to be really passive, like, it's like, if we drop all that stuff, it's, like, just the facts, like, I had this blow up, now I'm in, like, more of a reflective phase, it's not, like, right or wrong because I've had these really weird like events recently too where it's like you know I'm like did I really do that and why did I do that and like that didn't seem like me really but um it's like it comes out (laughs) I don't know things happen and it's very interesting when they do but I also think that passivity is like it becomes, like, a total survival mechanism when you're, like, walking on eggshells, you know? It becomes this weird thing, and then when you have, like, a moment of clarity, you're like, no, fuck this, and that's when you, like, rip things apart because you're like, (laughs) you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) Like, why was I putting myself, like, last or whatever? Yep. Um, Interesting coping mechanism and like we were talking about earlier I mean there's so much information and and we're it's it seems the more you tune in to any 
any realm of, of being meditative or reflective or any of that, it's like, it just, it doesn't necessarily get easier or harder. It just feels like sometimes overloaded. It can be an overload. Yeah. <laughs> Work will overload. Um, so being passive is totally a coping mechanism, um, especially when you're dealing, like, I believe the people that I blew up on were the people that I didn't feel were, were prioritizing their inner work the way that I was. And as my vibrations were resonating in one way, I noticed it harder to be passive with them. Um, so, but it's also interesting because it's like if they are, um, I could say like if they're the oracle too, or like they're reflecting your inner space, or they're reflecting something back at you. It's like it's kind of like the cancer's tumor that you have to just like be aggressive and like cut it out in a in a short period of time you know you're just like you have to go like I can't now that I know you're there it's like I need to just like cut you out because that's not I don't want that reflection in as a part of me anymore or whatever you know yeah it's definitely a cleaning house type (laughs) action spring cleaning um definitely is not easy it's it's painful um but I find when I'm when I'm in pain I'm generally growing it's just like when you're a kid and you experience (laughs) growing pains it's like you can have the same thing happen in your heart in your mind in your spirit it's you're changing you're transitioning it's not I don't think life is supposed to be (laughs) yeah It's not easy to be a human, I can say that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if we're going to wrap this up a little bit, um, just on the recording end, Mm -hmm. um, do you have any, like, last inspirations or key points or anything you would want to embed in this long-living file forever? Um. Eternal. Eternal uh, eaching oracle that we made of our own. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, let's think. I would just keep in mind that when you decide, and if you decide to consult the eaching, think of it like you're consulting with one of your best friends that knows you um, better than you know yourself because. The universe is you and you're consulting with yourself you're consulting with everything around you um know that it that it's not um a soup it doesn't want to be approached as like a superior life force it doesn't want to be a, it, it's there to just kind of set you on the right path it's not going to judge or punish you if you don't listen to the advice that it gives it's um it's just there to be to help you um and it works in probably a much more complex way than we can ever comprehend um just like the way humans work it it helps people 
um, discover truly who they are um, and how to express that. Um, It's definitely one of the Jedi tools for people that are ready and who want to uh, deep dive on themselves. Anyway, okay, so I'm going to include whatever links you want me to include to your media in case anybody wants to follow Samantha. Um, She's an amazing aerial artist, among other things, and um, she flies her exotic birds. (laughs) This is like an advertisement. Um, Anyways, I'm going to include whatever her whatever of her links down below that she wants and links to all her cool resources um so you can get jump started if you want to take up this practice or if you want to check it out um yeah and if you're in California you can go to Fairfax and you can go to the Wu Wei Tea Temple and play with their I Ching stuff and I'm sure they have other I Ching books at other places but that's the only one I know of um other than like metaphysical stores I'm sure you could find stuff too but anyways thanks so much for being here with me Samantha and um for anyone who's watching I want to do more like interview style stuff like this because I know so many cool people that know about so many amazing things and I mean, it's definitely worth sharing, so um, so thank you for being here. If you made it to the end, um, what's the keyword? You should comment down below or comment somewhere when you share it. What's the keyword, Samantha? What's the What was the name of this um, hexagram that we got again? Oh, it was the family or the group. Okay, the group. so so right, like, the family or the group somewhere. Write something about family and group. Like, what do you think it means? What does this hexagram mean when you heard it? If you made it this far, then good for you. <laughs> um, anyways, so thank you so much for being here, Samantha. I love you. <laughs> and can't yeah. wait to see you sometime soon. And we can, like, do something like this in person together, maybe. Um, um hopefully next time I won't be so sleepy same <laughs> sleepy same um, it's like midnight it's past midnight here um but anyways yeah I just really appreciate you sharing this because you know so much more about it than I do and I haven't really touched it in a long time um other than the apps there are apps <laughs> also for doing eaching but um I think the books are cooler in my opinion there's just a little more tangible. I think yeah. that um, while technology is an extension of, of our human form, I just, maybe it's in my head, but maybe not. I mean, I just feel, yeah, the coins and the pages and the tangibility of, of that seems more connected, but I could be wrong because, mm-hmm. like I said, computers literally are just an extension of us as humans yeah you could probably use an app and if you believed in it it'd probably work just the same um Um, another interesting point is like if you're gonna do the I Ching it might be cool to 
keep like a running journal of your question and kind of your answers and sort of see how does it play out when you look back or how did you grow or whatever, you know, a little self-reflection. Um, okay, so is that it? That's it, I think. That's it. I mean, I, I have, I have a lot of stuff to tell you, um, that I had written down, but couldn't figure out how to integrate it. Well, we can do, we could definitely do a part two, or maybe it'll be part three or four if I have to break this up into pieces. Um, yeah, we can do that. but yeah, you should definitely save that. And a 